This is too bizarre. Duncan, people running around with swords, cutting heads off, living forever. Man, this is some bad acid trip fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. It won't seem so bad once you learn to look after yourself. Or you know someone who will. I won't always be there. And who said I meant you? are my honey honeysuckle i am the mm. bee welcome to highlander rewatched <laughs> i'm one of your watchers this is keith this is kyle this is Eamon. and this is the podcast where each and every week we look at another facet of highlander we're talking about highlander season three episode five rite of passage this week but first before we jump into it we have some reader mail Reader mail. Is this is this reader mail? The honeysuckle and I'm the bee. You the bee. I'm the bee. I'm the bee. You're my bee. I, don't, I feel like the the bee is the dude <laughs> in this song, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. I mm. think so. So, uh, what kind of reader mail we got, Kyle? So from Chip. So I had a timing question for this episode uh, about Line of Fire. Duncan and Richie run into the priest on the sidewalk, and after their conversation, proceed to walk in the opposite direction. Then, what seems like only minutes later, Kern shows up and fights Mac, and they crash into the church. How is the wedding in full swing And Mac, if Mac and Richie just talk to the priest? <laughs> or if it is that much later, how could they possibly be near the church when they walked in the opposite direction? That's my only problem with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only problem. You forgot about the ghost. He did, yeah. he actually is a he's pro ghost. Pro ghost. Ghost. He's the anti ghostbuster. At the end, Mac checks out the Native American woman. I think he's simply remembering his lost love. Nothing more creepy. Yeah. That, you know, no, that sentence is creepy. He's checking out a woman remembering his lost love. That is a creepy thing to do. <laughs> but he's reminded of his. Lo- I think is that what it's saying? You belong to a similar race, maybe. <laughs> I guess. maybe. Like yeah. ma- we we made it are... very creepy and may- it's I don't know maybe it's not as creepy as we made it out to be. I disagree. It's creepy. It's very creepy. He just he totally <laughs> rubbernecks with this woman. Like if you saw someone doing that on the street, you would laugh out loud because I don't know on the streets of Philadelphia it happens all the time. And I'm just like fucking come on man, like, <laughs> be an adult. And he does that. So it's like the gesture is already creepy, and then the fact that it's a Native American woman in a na- an episode about his dead Sioux lover just adds all kinds of different layers to the whole thing. Point is, even the baseline with not festooned with the other <laughs> context of this episode, the rubbernecking crane is already creepy. <laughs> That's my piece. I'm sticking to it. But good That's call on the uh, the conversation about the uh, the wedding though. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. That is like some ace shit. That's just, it was like a real yada 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 wedding. They're like, yep, skip all the readings. We're getting yeah. right to the end. All right, the priest is here. Let's get going. It's actually just the wedding in spaceballs. Do you? Yeah. Do you kiss her? You're married. <laughs> so now we have something from Wendy P. 
Hi, Rewatchers. New listener here with some thoughts on season one. Wow. Ooh. A lot of the discussion in the first season podcast seems to concern the odd story writing choices that led to episodes that were structurally muddled and which often seemed to include characters, even main characters, such as Tessa and Richie, for no apparent reason. We've also pointed out over and over how Duncan always seems to know everything and always has to be right, even when story-wise he shouldn't or isn't. Uh, is anyone still something really negative coming? Or they or it's like, <laughs> there's like, there's only a 50-50 here. We're yeah. either about to, like, something very negative is about to be said, or... We're going to see. If you notice in the interviews with Bill Panzer, he justifies a lot of the show choices by saying some version of the show is called The Highlander, not The Highlander and blank. I always found this interesting, as well as frustrating, because it seems to indicate a very fixed and deeply rooted idea that the titular character of a show had to always, A, carry the A plot, and B, be the hero of the show. The flip side to this is that any non-titular characters could not exist outside of the B-plot, except as necessary to support the hero on his quest, and could not be shown to be more heroic than the established hero. It's as if Panzer and or the school of television writing he was coming from believed that the audience wouldn't be able to understand who the characters were from week to week if they were placed outside of their des designated roles, or that audiences would think they'd been deceived and would lose faith in the hero. Uh, even though TV shows on home video was still a radical idea in 1992, audiences were still familiar with the concept of serialized television, and there were plenty of contemporaneous shows already breaking the old rules. This makes me wonder who Panzer thought the audience for the show was, and that they'd need their TV written like it was in the 1960s in order to follow along. What do you think? Thanks for the great podcast. Thank you, Wendy. Hey, thanks, Wendy. Yeah. I was wrong. I thought <laughs> I was gearing up for a, and Duncan is perfect, so go suck a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> See, I censored uh, myself to lemon this time. I'm there trying you go. to be good. Very good. Liz Lemon. Um, well, that sounds like <laughs> I, I think they're just maybe trying to find their footing. And I mean, TV was a different animal. Yeah. But I was, agree with that 100%, honestly. Yeah. She's 100% right. Like, even the justification of it's called the Highlander, not the, like, Raw Dog Ryan. Like, well, I feel like we talked about this at some point, maybe in our season two podcast. We listened to, like, a behind the scenes clip of Bill Panzer and David Abramowitz. I think it was when Tess was going to leave the show. And they bring up this point. They're like, well, you know, Tess is there to be bait. Because that's, you know, what she needs to be. And it's like, you guys are fully aware of this. They've imposed this on themselves, even aware of its kind of shortcomings and limitations. That's, I think, I mean, I agree with this, uh, with, what was it, Wendy? Yeah. Uh, yep. Saying it's, like, very frustrating. Because it's like, they even know that this is a problem. And they're, like, persisting. Uh, and, and I think and this does get cleared she up. persisted. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I think that's a little frustrating. But as the series goes on, they do kind of get away from that. Like, we do get some storylines that are other character-centric, which is good. Yeah. But good thoughts, Wendy. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so this next letter is from Brian S. He mostly talks about Highlander 2 in this and, like, the way rebooting would be done. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead to just something that we strangely didn't talk about and we should have. And he says... I like this idea better for Highlander 2. Connor just wakes up and it was all a bad dream. Oh, it's a Jacob's Ladder? <laughs> yeah, how have we not uh, talked, talked about, about this it being a Jacob's Ladder, ladder scenario? When that, does he wake up? What was the bad dream? I he think makes, that... He, he wakes up in 1492. <laughs> I think this is the best way to justify Highlander 2, honestly. He goes to the opera in the beginning, is dying, oh. and he is he's die at the end of the movie. Heil the, Connor is dead, and that the opera like triggers this whole kind of crazy Jacob's Ladder scenario, and he imagines all of that. Wait, wow. what? He imagines all of what? 
All of Highlander 2 was imagined in Connor's head. That I don't think is what he's saying. That he wakes up from a bad dream? Yeah, that the events of Highlander 1 are the bad dream. Oh. That is the Jacob's Ladder. Maybe read it again, but I am relatively confident that was the point he was making. The last sentence is, okay, I like this idea better for Highlander 2. Connor suddenly wakes up, and it was all a bad dream. Hmm. Oh, is that what he always said us about it? Okay, maybe you are right. Yeah, but I think this is that the, the Highlander 2 never really happened. Is he still old? Presumably. Hmm. I would also assume the ozone layer still exists. I mean, all Jimmy, that stuff is... Is Jimmy still a good boy, though? Jimmy's always <laughs> yeah. a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's a rapscallion. <laughs> yeah, in this version, he's, he's like thinking about that kid Jimmy he really let down. Good boy, Jimmy. <laughs> Warming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I mean, I kind of like that. I mean, like, he's an old man. He's going to die anyway. Yeah. And that's just it. He just dies at the end. Or he wakes up next to Brenda. Yeah. He's like, I just had the wild dream. <laughs> Hit it, dude. <laughs> Hit it, dude. Hit it, dude. All right, guys. Today we're going to be talking about Highlander Season 3, Episode 5, Rite of Passage. This was aired on, my notes say, Money, October 24th, 1994. Money, 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 money. Money! Who knows what day of the week that was supposed to be. Uh, this was directed by... Mario! <laughs> Azopardi. Wow. That's right. right. Born it's, in Malta. It's, it's Mario Azopardi. It's me. I did a five episodes of Highlander. What else did he direct, Eamon? He directed an episode of Amantis. How about a little Azopa? He directed some little sandwiches, sliders. <laughs> <laughs> he directed showing himself off under his trench coat, The Flash. And oh, I thought you were saying he, flashed. <laughs> he, just, he just flashed somebody. That's an unrelated note. And The Littlest Hobo, the That's... show about a dog that wanders around Canada. With That's a right. bindle. With a bindle, <laughs> yeah. A bindle. <laughs> oh, was that was that actually the art dealer in the last episode? Yes. It was. Blender, bindle. Yeah. Blender. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> bindle. The writer of this episode was Karen Harris. Uh, this is the first of two Highlander episodes. She also did three Raven episodes. Uh, she did a bunch of Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Uh, she did two episodes of that show, in Adventure, Inc., does anyone remember talking we about this? We did talk about that. That comes up a lot in these IMDb yeah. digging. Like, and that was like that Mission Impossible slash Indiana Jonesy sort of garbage adventure LLC. Yeah, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Rip up. And yeah, they're they're just. I remember the IMDb description was something about like their methods are like unorthodox. And I remember Kyle, you were like, but their religion isn't. It's orthodox. That's good. All right, let's talk about guest stars. Uh, we got Lisa Howard. Uh, she's I, back, She's baby. back. Not quite a guest star. I mean, she's in the opening credits, but this is maybe the second time we've seen her. Yeah, I forgot she wasn't in the last episode, but yeah. she was in... Um... Well, because he had to bang a man down the last episode. <laughs> right. That would have been yeah. weird. Uh, she was in The Revolutionary. Yeah. That's our first time we meet her when she right. kicks out Mac. This episode also guest stars Rob Stewart as Axel. Uh, he's done tons of TV guest spots. Um he apparently is a regular in the new Beauty and the Beast show, uh, which I have not seen. Wait, is that the new one? It's not the old one? I think it's the new one. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know there was a new one. Oh. Yeah, there's a new one on the CW. They, like, rebooted Ooh. it. It doesn't star Ron Perlman anymore? No, it stars, uh, what's her name, um, from Smallville, Lana Lang. Hubba Hubba. Yeah, she's the beauty. Ron Perlman's back as a teacup. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also, nice. in the, uh, Lefe- and also in the Lefemme Nikita reboot. 
He was just called Nikita. Nikita. I used to watch that show when I was a kid on TNT. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to be watching it. No, it has adult themes. That's right. <laughs> and also, content. And content. <laughs> yes. Uh, this episode also stars Gabrielle Miller as a Michelle. Yeah. Uh, we may know her as the wonderful Bess the Cow from. Uh, Epitaph for Tommy. Oh, what? She's the one who's getting down to business in the hay with oh. Mac. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Damn. What? Yeah. Which is weird, because like, she tries to seduce him in this, kind of. Yeah. And he's, I guess, already hit that. <laughs> <laughs> That's even creepier, because she's supposed to be 18 in this, uh, and that would have been filmed two years ago. Keep it creepy. <laughs> We're keeping it real creepy here. Can I step back one moment, Keith? You can try. To uh, you yeah. can try. You've already failed. Next to, to Rob Stewart, who I keep Rod on Stewart? saying Rod Stewart. Yeah. yeah, he was on a show called Little Mosque on the Prairie. Is it Little Mosque? That's right. Whoa! Which is a satirical look. Satirical. A satirical look. At satirical look at, at a Muslim community living in Canada. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm That's very. What year was you know when that was that made? Uh, I think it was like a couple years ago before all this weirdness started happening. Maybe interesting. We, yeah. That, that I'm kind of curious to check yeah. that out. It looked like a sitcom with like a Muslim family. Huh. Um, interesting. Yeah. Little Mosque on the Prairie. Yep. The title like kind of jumped out at me. When yeah. I was well, thinking. it's, I was it's like, a, it's a jump, jumpy outy title. Yeah. <laughs> jumpy outy. <laughs> That's my belly button. Yeah. It comes off. I have to put it back in. It bounces like a jumping bean. That's right. All right, guys. This is time for the IMDb episode description. Buckle up. <laughs> Michelle, the 18-year-old adopted daughter of one of Duncan's friends, is a not-yet-immortal uh-huh. until she totals her car and wakes up in the morgue. Duncan tries to comfort her grieving parents and teach her about being immortal. But immortal Axel wants to use her and eventually take her head, as he has done to other young women immortals. That was not a bad one. Not bad, a little clunky, but it had everything a, a, there. A little clunky is the pinnacle of yeah. these IMDb. Like that's the the heights to which they aspire. <laughs> Michelle, Are we just a little clunky? The not yet immortal. <laughs> yeah, like it does have like the bizarre turns of phrases, like spice scope. Like that's this description's version of spice scope. Spice scope. Spice scope. <laughs> a telescopic spice grinder you can look spice at your scope. spices yeah. as you sprinkle them so let's talk about how this episode opens we meet one of duncan's many many buddies friends. yeah his buddies we what the fuck? Fuck? he's just like hanging out with some suburban dad <laughs> right like, like why is duncan friends with this yeah. person? rich suburban dad that yeah. was my this is buddy craig man yeah immediate question i was just like what the well, i mean we find out later why he's friends with them but i was just like wait do we yeah, I missed that. We'll get there in due time. Oh we'll my there. god! Yeah. But it's just like, what? Why? What do these two men have in common? I'm I'm a like karate man who like fucks shit up, and I'm <laughs> like a dad. That's his only personality too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm nerd dad. Yeah, he's like Michael Moore, but with a kid. Yeah, by <laughs> yeah. which I mean the Quentin Barnes. The Quentin, yeah. It's me, Quentin Barnes, not the dirtbag documentarian. <laughs> so Mac is chowing down on an apple, which I found amusing. Yeah, throughout yeah. this entire <laughs> scene, it's so distracting. Jumping away. There's like, oh. There's like all this high drama afoot, and Mac's just in there like, how? Oh. <laughs> he does seem pretty nonchalant, like just chomping away. Yes. And the other guy's drinking wine. I'm like, right. let me offer Mac some wine instead of a full apple. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he offered him the wine in Mexico. I brought my own. Oh, let's eat this apple. <laughs> Uh, the dad is very upset with his daughter. I guess he's he's expressing how bad she is. Yeah, it's like she's got a tattoo. She has an ankle chain. Uh-oh. Yeah, an ankle chain. <laughs> what the wow. hell is an ankle chain? 
It's just a little bracelet. I think it's like a ball and chain. I think he means she's on like a chain gang. Yeah, yeah. She like yep. breaks rocks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mac is like, it's just you know her being rebellious or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so then Michelle, the daughter, arrives home and she's driving like kind of a sports car looking thing. Yeah. And uh, Mac gets a pseudo. Yeah, like, like yeah. There's a there's a cue that I'm just like not sure what it means. We've never heard before. There's okay. like a little yeah. sound effect. It's like whoosh, like light it's air. Kind of, it was like yeah, it was like wind blowing by. Yeah. It's like what are you? It's yeah. a little ominous. But she kind of like barrels in. And she's been out, I guess, all night. Her mother comes rushing over. Where were you? <laughs> I was with Steve. Steve! <laughs> you don't even know his last name. And Max just like, nice car. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually his last name. Someone's got to bring the Stanley into the 20th century. What does that mean? I don't know. The car seemed like a retro car to me. Yeah. The right? car looks like it was from the 70s. <laughs> I know. Uh, so anyway, she flips out, and she's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to go bang Steve. Yeah. It's also kind of revealed in this conversation that Michelle is not these people's biological daughter. Oh, yes. foundlings. Mm. So she storms off, gets in the car, speeds away. And she's like fiddling with the tape deck. In yeah. the most cartoonish way. It's yeah. like, you are so dead, woman. And she's like, like crying and obviously upset. And she's and like, Max, like, I sh-, he's like, don't worry. I'll go after her. So she crashes her car. Yep. And so Surprise. Then, and in a brutal fashion, it like goes tumbling down a mountainside. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. This is a closed casket affair. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so we cut to the hospital. And so they're rushing Michelle into the ER. She's all like bloodied up. and They show her. She's like coding. And they show it for so long. This like, is a really long like ER-esque sequence. Yeah. Yes. I'm just showing her bloody face. Yeah. For a long time. A very long time. I'm not sure why this is happening. And Dr. Anne Lindsay is operating on her. Right. Whose so, voice is that? Hello. hello. <laughs> is that this is Horton here? This is Horton. <laughs> yes, McLeod, I'm going to do something truly great. Save Michelle's life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Anne Lindsay, like, does the paddle, John. She gives her, like, an EpiPen thing. And, yeah, it's an EpiPen. It's not an EpiPen. She's, <laughs> she's having an allergic reaction. <laughs> they give her an EpiPen. The it water, could be. Yeah. Maybe she was allergic to the car crash. Yeah, she's allergic to life. <laughs> Aren't we all allergic to car crashes? Uh, so, anyway, no dice. Michelle did. <laughs> no dice. No dice on life. She's dead. And the mom's just, like, catatonic in the waiting room. Well, and Lindsay comes out with a sad look on her face. And yeah. for the mom's second episode in a row, we get a slow-mo. That is a Darth Vader, no. So then we it appears that in your <laughs> rage, you killed her. <laughs> Craig. <laughs> so then outside, uh, Michelle's mom is super jazzed. She's trying to plan a big party, get a caterer because yeah. her shitty yeah. daughter's dead. Yeah. She's right. like, we're yeah. free. Yeah. Uh, Even though she was 18, so they could have just kicked her out of the house. But they loved her. So anyway, yeah. the mom's like in shock. And she's yeah. just like, all she can think about is like, we have no food. There's like a story reason for this, but I thought it was like really weird. Like if you didn't know, like Mac needs them out of here so he's walking them to a cab and i'm like you're their friend and their kid just died drive them fucking home maybe he didn't drive to the hospital maybe they only have that one car yeah 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 but that can't be because the daughter was like i guess it's her car yeah she's bringing the family into the 20th century right but But i mean we know that 
it's revealed Mac has to get them out of there. He has to stick behind. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was weird that he's making them take a cab home after <laughs> right, it is daughter a weird. died. Yeah, I wonder what excuse he gave them. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got some shit to do. I got to shop. I got to hang I, out. I got to poop. <laughs> Sorry, I really have to poop. Yeah. I should go. He's going to be a man. I take really long ones. I'm going to be in there for like 40 minutes. You see, saw me eating that apple. So we cut back inside the hospital, and Mac is sneaking around the morgue. Yeah. And he gets Michelle mm-hmm. out of you know the little fridge. And uh, she just... Freaks out. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's As Mac out. is like doing the whole thing of like, put your clothes on, put your clothes on, pretty please. Well, yeah, she better like put her clothes looking. on uh, yeah. because we got some nip slips happening here. What? what? Uh, I saw this kind of by accident. I well. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like. Wait. Can you hear the skepticism in my voice? I, I like when I was watching this at like one sixteenth speed. I saw this by accident. <laughs> I feel gross. I, no, I would have missed this. Uh, if I wasn't taking notes, so I watched. If this I on my didn't g- have my binoculars out, <laughs> I God damn it! I was watching this on my computer, and like I take a lech. and I take notes on the side, right? So as I go, I'm constantly hitting play and pause to take notes. They're in the morgue, breaking her out. I hit pause. I start typing. Cut to the morgue. Max giving her clothes. To blah blah blah. I go back to hit play. What do I see? Nip on screen. Really? Yeah, I swear to God. Can we take a minute? <laughs> a short break. No. To do something. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> we have confirmed there was a nip slip. Oh, we're... boy. I'm surprised that happened. I was a little surprised, too. I'm surprised how sticky I am now. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. No, that was your fault. So Max, like, trying to rush her out of the morgue. This is our second morgue visit in this season. Yeah, but where's that morgue? Where, where's the head? Yeah, where's the guy? Where's oh, the it's you again! <laughs> Looking at the young corpses, I see. Yeah. In a moment. Joining the club? Yeah. yeah. She's been as good as gold for us, licorice. Um, <laughs> my note. In a moment, he's about to encounter Anne Lizzie, Lindsay, and he claims he's down here looking for a friend. It's, it's, him. The, it's him. Oh, yeah. It's fucking the creepy Undertaker, man. I like this, like, alternate story we're building. Yeah, we're the... Speaking of alternate stories, I also have a note about... I'm always kind of confused about, like, is there only one hospital in Seacouver? My guess is yes, because everyone seems to arrive at this hospital, no and matter Anne, where they Anne are. And Lindsay operates on all of them. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, so I was kind of wondering, Joey Pants, where is he oh, in Oh, shit. He used to work at this hospital. Right. So I'm wondering, yeah. did, like, Ann Lindsay take over for Joey Pants? Because I feel like he was the head ER doctor, and I think Ann is now. Do yeah. they know each other? I feel like there's a whole, like, hospital drama there. We got to do it. The rise and fall of Joey Pants. Joey That's Pants. right. All right, so Mac so, makes up some kind of funny excuses about, like, this is, all, this is all kind of funny, I think, with Anne. It's too awkward to be funny. Like, I thought he was going to ask her out then. Like, I thought that was going to be the joke. Like, oh, he was forced it, into it almost. Like, yeah, he's he needed like, an excuse. excuse. And he's like, oh, I was, I was looking for you, which would have been a more organic way than we eventually see him asking her out, which is silly. This uh, is, like, this leads to something, like, that I don't think is covered in the episode, where, like, he's weirdly hanging out in the morgue. and then, A lot. Like, Soon something happens in the morgue, or I'm like, uh, like, I'll talk about that in a minute. But they, they sneak out and go back to Mac's place. Mac and Michelle, I mean. So Mac reveals that he kind of knew this day would one day happen, and he starts kind of explaining, like, this immortality thing a little bit to her. Also, he puts, on, ba- he puts on Bach music because, like, you know, when you have an 18-year-old come over to visit, yeah. you want to put on some jams. Yeah, put yeah. on at ease with some Bach. Yeah. And it's like MIDI Bach, yeah. too. Like, this is garbage. Like it's, MIDI Bach. <laughs> it's like... That should be like that should be your DJ name. MIDI Bach. <laughs> DJ MIDI Bach. <laughs> it's pretty... It's like all this, like, electronic garbage. 
how could they not get a licensed recording of this? I'm sure they're cheap. I'm yeah. sure. Right. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's distracting because he leaves it on. The whole scene. It's, the whole scene. It's, it's yeah. right Very in your ear jarring. the whole yeah. time. But he says, he did we say this? He's been watching over her. Like he knew she was immortal and yes. he's been watching over her, which to me is like why he's friends with her oh. dad. Yeah. Like, her nerd dad. Yeah. Who appears to have no discernible positive qualities. Yeah. But. <laughs> Well, and it's just like weird. Like this is kind of what I was hinting at yesterday, where like immortals might have to gaslight people a lot because it's like Mac yes, has to last, pre- last episode last week. Yeah, yeah, last week. That's what I mean. Um, Mac has to like pretend that he's friends with these people, like just to watch over this girl. I I, I hope that there's like a hidden backstory that Mac actually hates them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, and if I have to listen to fucking Craig one more time <laughs> yeah. as he sips his wine. Mac, did I ever tell you what happened to me that one time at the golf course? Oh, uh, no, Craig. You never <laughs> told me before. All right. But he, so, get, he gets a phone call. Mac gets a phone call. Well, from, first, yeah, he he does not tell her any of the good bits about being immortal. That, like, people are going to try to kill her. This yeah. an important bit of data. And right. she's all, like, jazzed up. Like, she starts pulling the whole liquor cabinet out. And she's like, I'm going to do all this shit. And she's like, I can do all the drugs, all the pills. It's going to be great. No consequences. And Mac the is like, no, it's going to be store. bad. Right? Yeah. The whole candy store. It's like, you're a piece of shit, lady. Like, yeah. If your first instinct is like, oh, I can't die, let me get addicted to every drug. Because yeah. like, it just won't kill me. Right. You have bad instincts. Yep. Mac gets his call from the parents, and he's got to go. I guess they've discovered that the body's missing in the hospital. But Craig doesn't want to tell his wife about it yet. Yeah. So Mac's going to do it in his stead to kind of confirm that the body's missing. I have a question, though. There's this whole kind of like B plot, like, we can't tell your parents that you're still alive. Like, they got to refuse. Like, he's, this is all on the DL. Why is that? Like, Mac seems okay with telling certain people about being immortal. Like, he's like, I can tell Tess and other people he cares about. He even, like, advises Richie, like, in that episode, like, uh, Bless the Illegitimate Child, the one we watched a couple weeks ago. What yeah. was it? Uh, the Biker, Line of Fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, if you really love her, like, you gotta tell her this the whole scoop and make her part of this world. That's, like, your option. But, like, for some reason, your parents are like, no, 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 you can't tell them. It's like, why not? Like, next to a life partner, I feel like your parents are the perfect people to tell yeah hmm. i don't know like i just don't get why it's like no way you can tell them i mean i agree that you shouldn't tell them i maybe do too but what are they then supposed to do with that information because right. you still can't stay you still can't ever really see them again right because you're dead to the world puts them in danger if they know possibly mm-hmm. more yeah more than like a girlfriend or partner would well they're going to be coming to the, I, I think the thing that makes the partner that makes you need to tell the partner is because you're staying with them right like you're not to, like if she even if she tells the parents she has to leave like right. she doesn't get to be, hang out with them there right whereas the partner is with them and if randall tex cobb ever kicks your door in they're gonna be there like yeah that's true yeah. i think that's the skinny on it that makes sense my thought went to two things like would they let a stranger identify the body I don't know the process on this. I thought about that, too, for a while. And I came down on, I guess they would, because, like, imagine if you didn't have parents. I mean, like, they just need somebody that they've confirmed knows this person. Right. So Mac fits the bill. So it doesn't have to be your parents. But then the other thing is, like... And they've talked to the parents. I'm sure the parents is like, I will be sending this person. Yeah, they are right. authorized to do yeah. this for me. The next thing my mind went to is, oh, this body's missing. Who was suspiciously hanging out at the morgue for no reason right before 
this body went missing. To see Duncan McLeod. To, to see yeah. a friend yeah. in the morgue. I'm like, send the cops to his house. Like, <laughs> we've got a necrophiliac on the loose who keeps yeah. visiting the morgue. Isn't that like the next logical step? Maybe. Do you think that's why Red Vines guy isn't there? Do you think they fired him? That oh, the first body went missing. He didn't steal the body, but in their investigation, they found out that he did have... What was, he the, did... first, what was the first body that went missing? Oh, it wasn't... No, a body didn't go missing. I'm no, sorry. Oh, right. So, but yeah. Dorchef. Anthony Dorchef. Right. Never mind. <laughs> you shouldn't have killed a priest, should you? <laughs> there he is. There he is. He's here in the studio. Well, maybe he's going to get fired after this, then. He's the scapegoat. That's why an extra who can't speak... Uh, is showing him the body. Well, Mac planted a piece of licorice on the, on the, table. the table. As a calling card. As he took Michelle. He's the, he's the Twizzler bandit. That's right. All right. So Mac checks on all this stuff. Obviously, I don't know what he tells them. Like, I guess he's like, nope, not the body. But then Anne sees him again. And it's like, oh, I'm a glutton for punishment. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I think you're just a good friend. So this is, I think, the first time where, like, she's getting interested in Mac. Yeah. I think she sees him as a... A guy who can hang around a morgue a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think she sees him as, like, a kind person or something. Hey, you're someone who seems to be bathed in death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. You have a lot in common as she leaves she has like this weird like look on her face like she's thirsty also mac keeps drinking that budweiser that's Mm, right king of beers drinking america that's coors light i know (laughs) i will not have mingling of my beer slogans Sorry, let me put the silver bullet down. <laughs> <laughs> Mac also left Michelle all alone in his apartment. Which right, is just... as, as we will learn shortly, mistakes were made. Yeah. She is dancing yeah. around. With the stars. Uh, our secretary of energy was there. Yeah. <laughs> the hammer was there. A lot of Dutch angles in this scene. Uh, yeah. But then she gets the buzz, and she, like, freaks out. This is kind of a cool I love this. Scene. I like yeah. this, too. Like, she's definitely freaking out a little bit she's overwhelmed by the power of the buzz that's yeah. right so she eventually looks out the window and she sees down there axel you can't see it but i'm putting bananas in a tailpipe right now <laughs> with judge reinhold judge reinhold <laughs> god that movie is that movie great? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Because my memory is that that movie is great. <gasps> I'm going to be real disappointed if like I rewatch it for the first time in eight years and discover it's bullshit. Sequels aren't very good. No, no but I never thought they were good. That yeah. first movie, though. Yeah. All right. So Axel. You guys don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> Axel's in the in the alleyway. Yeah. Waiting. So he's this creepy. Putting bananas in a tail. Looking also, oh, sorry. Good. Immortal. No, the, nothing. Oh, <laughs> apparently this was like crazy to film because uh, it was written in the, the script that like she looks out the window to see him in the alley. The loft is a set. Oh. So there is no alley. So apparently they like hoisted a crane with a window, just a window. And like that is a shot in an alley with like just the actress looking out a window on top of a crane, I believe. What? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I can't believe that was the easiest way to get the shot. They can't just find a window? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it had to overlook that alley. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It's so no, I always like before computer technology was what it was, because like now you could just fucking stick that, yeah, in and it would be real easy. Just think about things like how they had to film the original scroll for the first Star Wars movie. Like you could do that with like iMovie now, right? In like thirty seconds. But the fact that they had to like take a street and basically paint it and like do a crane shot down a street to do that. Wait, really? Not, yeah, yeah. That's how they did the original. It's like an illuminated thing that they had to. Wow. film and then like process it, the negative of it i think yeah 
It's I like know that. it was a super labor intensive thing to literally do. If there were any bumps we, when they were like they had to do it a couple times because if there was like a little shake in the camera, obviously the whole thing would be a mess. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. To Trivia. Do, and this is yeah. another example. Like that's a Herculean step for something you could do pretty simply. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing he didn't see her. He's just right. looking up. So when she comes down, he's like waiting in like an enclave or whatever with his with sword, sword drawn. Yeah. Right. Like he's going to. Because he's, he's here for Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to chop Mac's head off. But she speaks, luckily. <laughs> and That's actually the alternate plot of this episode. She just yeah. dies immediately, immediately. Before, before Mac teaches her anything. Right. The end. <laughs> so he's wise that she is a, a new immortal. Right. And so he starts, like, making the moves. He's like, oh, like, I like your freshness. Oh, boy. That's disgusting. This This guy guy is a sleaze. (laughs) Everything about him makes me angry. For some reason to me, and this, I might just be wrong about this, his hair looks like it's a different color in this shot than in the remaining shots. His hair, for some reason to me, like, looked kind of blonde in this Oh, I thought it had, like, hints of gray in it for some reason. Well, it's like this weird tuft. Yeah, Yeah, that's, like, different colored than the rest. Or maybe it was just the juxtaposition of that Hawaiian shirt and Uh his... Yeah. And his popped collar. He has a yeah. popped collar. Yeah. Could, like, have we given this guy a full description yet? No, he's wearing yeah. white pants. White trench coat. Yeah. yeah. Tucked in Hawaiian shirt. shirt. Yeah. That's like red and white. Yep. And, and then, then a popped trench coat collar. Yeah. yeah. And he has like a weird, like, salt and pepper hair with the, it's a, in a weird, like, cut. Like, I don't know he's, how to describe the haircut. He but. is a 1980s college frat boy rapist character. Yeah, he's like a pickup in this movie. In the movie. Or yeah. in, in the show, even. Yeah. 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 That's him. He's gross. He's a rapist. Uh, when he first sees her, he says, lovely. Which is gross. Yes. <laughs> extremely. So he talks about, like, oh, like, I guess she's like, well, I already have a teacher. It's Mac. And he's like, well, do you want a teacher or a partner? Blah, blah, blah. And she doesn't really know. So, anyway, he's like, well, you find me when you make up your mind. I guess with just the buzz. Like, yeah, and he's like, You'll feel me. Oh, like, yeah. oh, and then he mouth rapes her. He like literally violently grabs her face and kisses her. He's like Adrian Brody at the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Not yep. cool. Gross. Yeah. And she's into it. Yeah. And that that was like, I underlined, I was like, this is, I, my note it just says, I think this is only going to get worse. <laughs> and I was right. Yep. But the notion that any woman would be into this is so unbelievable. Are any women into this sort of thing? Like, is this a, is this purely a male fantasy that this men think a- our guys are – men think women are into, yeah. but no women are? Yeah. No. Like, like being catcalled. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It's a pure fantasy. No one thinks this is cool. Like, literally no one. This episode was written by Karen Harris. <laughs> we should ask Karen. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's bizarre. Who knows what the, the way that it's written? Like, yeah. the way the writing is, he moves in and kisses her. Yeah. Not, like, fucking grabs her by the chin and slams his tongue down her throat. Oh, boy. So, back in the loft, Mac arrives home with, like, groceries. Groceries. He arrives with a bag of candy. A, bag, a giant bag of candy, which he, like, empties out, like, right away. He's like, I gotta get into this. But he gets home, and I, this is a clever use of the buzz. Like, he gets home, and there is no buzz. And he's like, damn it. Uh, he knows she snuck out. But then she comes back. Yeah. And he and, offers her candy. And she's like, you have it, too. Which gives it away that... <laughs> right. She has run into another immortal. This is the thing that really upset me about it. Sorry, not yeah, to go yeah, yeah. too far. When she's walking out of the alley, I just had to catch up on my note on this. She like grossly like licks her lips as she as he walks away, uh, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is this? No planet is this somebody's response." 
not trying to justify this too much, but like she could just be like flat out attracted to him as well. Like she definitely does have the hots for him, right? Sure. So I mean, she wanted to kiss him maybe regardless. I don't know. I guess. I mean, I, I'm trying not to take away too much agency from her either in this. That like it was only the guy that wanted to do this to her. It's like no, she she I think wants to the thing get I'm, with him too. No, I'm not saying that she doesn't want to do that. I'm saying that she just like shouldn't and this is a completely unrealistic bit of writing. Like oh. I'm just saying that it's gr- like the way this character is written is bizarre and gross and completely implausible to me. <laughs> and this lick lip lick just is the cherry on top of that. Yeah. Gotcha. Go ahead. So anyway, Mac then starts doling out uh, I guess some more info about the game. He's like, you could like die. And she's like, yeah. been there, done that. Like, yeah. so of course he has not like told her about the game at all. Like all this important stuff that <laughs> right. she would have been like happy to know earlier before. Yeah. Before he was incident. like, look, yeah. I'm going to tell you later, but right now I need candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to leave, get candy, nothing else. I did, he has to identify the body. Oh, he, that's right. And then he was like, I guess bring her candy. Like, what are right. teenagers like these days? Yeah. Candy? candy. I don't know. <laughs> They have, like <laughs> mini pock and candy. He brings her back like a bunch of like. I bought you some crackle, fun size. <laughs> but Matt kind of like goes hard, and he's like, "This isn't a game." And he like pulls out his sword and like puts it to her throat. I'm like this is a little extreme. He has like, not told her anything about this, and he yeah. has just jumped to he like does take eleven. She's also she's yeah. being a real shit here. <laughs> she, yeah. Does that ever stop this whole episode? Nope. Not until the credits roll. <laughs> She's shitty the whole time. <laughs> so we cut to the funeral. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I guess this is the, an illustrious tradition in this show of unattended funerals. Yeah. <laughs> My 18-year-old daughter died. The funeral will only be attended by two people. Well, I think this is good character building because it shows that Michelle was so shitty that <laughs> she had no friends. Yeah, no like friends. when people that young died, like the funerals are like massive. Massive. Yeah. Because like all your high school friends and like it's like a even tragedy. Their, even not your yeah. friends, like even just people who are like suddenly forced to confront their own mortality and yeah. the fact that people their age die sometimes. Yeah. So I'm like, saying Michelle was so awful and yeah. nobody cares. Like I remember, like I don't remember who the first person to die in my class was, but even like, and I didn't even like the person, but I was that like affected me. It was like holy shit, like we're old enough to die, <laughs> like. But nope, only nope. two people and Mac, three people. That's I can't right, count. Yeah. <laughs> and the priest. Yeah, and uh, I started writing down the Bible verse he was saying, and I just uh, stopped and said, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but she's doing like the Tom Sawyer shtick. Yes, she's like watching her own funeral, and she is and rocking the and, Elaine Bennis vanity haircut. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, she's yeah. got the big poof. But like for whatever reason, she's not offended by the lack of attendance. She's like, seems about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not that perturbed that nobody showed up to her funeral, which yeah. is kind of weird. And the mom's getting very upset at the funeral. Not even too. Steve. Where's Steve? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Where is Steve? He wasn't invited. No. Well, he didn't know his last name. They didn't know his yeah, last they couldn't name. invite him. Yeah. So the mom's flipping out. She's like, "This is all a sham. Like, there's no body. There's, you know, it's very emotional. This and- is about Michelle's life. That is what you're burying." <laughs> So Axel shows up to the funeral, and he's got, like, a red shirt. It's, like, halfway unbuttoned. He's, yeah. again, like, super creepy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, going to the, going to the, he's wearing his graveyard garb. Yeah. <laughs> graveyard garb. His grave garb. Grave garb. Uh, <laughs> and he talks to Michelle about how he wants to teach her to reinvent herself. And they're yeah. going to, like, travel the world. He's going to show her all this stuff. And we'll just reinvent yourself over and over and over again. And this seems very appealing to Michelle. So then Mac gets the buzz, and he sees Axel hanging off to the side, just chilling out by a gravestone. Uh, and so we get a flashback yeah. to 1896, uh, a vaudeville show in Beantown. That's right. So, so 1896, he's like, Mac really is covering real estate here. 
Yeah. Dude gets around. So Dude. this woman is singing the Honeysuckle and the Bee yeah. song, uh, which is by William uh, H. Penn, written in 1901. So I think the woman... 1901? Yes. So the woman has traveled in time, <laughs> retrieved this song from the future, and brought it back. She's the world's shittiest time traveler. Yeah. Though, or did she irreparably damage the timeline by doing this? This is the Zeiss timeline, man. This Ever- is the Zeiss timeline. Oh, maybe it that's what it is. created by this song. Yeah. Maybe she wrote the song and he took it and stole credit. You ever think of that, Keith? You're right. It could be. This is the original, the OG performance. That's right. I don't like understand the like. She's singing. My honey, (laughs) honeysuckle. I am the The bee. bee. She's just like fucking terrible singing. (laughs) Singing. It was so boring on the steps. And like there's a she's like wandering around. Like, yeah. like, how just, can anybody hear her? Like this is a party. And like, no one even looks like they're paying attention. Really. No, it's like who's this? Even Mac is like I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> also, she's like, and that's his girlfriend. Yeah, allegedly. apparently. Alle- yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Mac's yeah. like, I don't have a girlfriend. I just have someone to be really mad. Well, I heard you say that. I'm here to see my girlfriend. Uh oh. She walking up and down the steps singing. My Again. friend, I'm here. My yeah. sister, I'm serious, yeah. my friend. Also, like the fan thing. Like I wasn't yep. sure if they were like flirting with like this being a burlesque thing. Yeah, uh, but he gets the buzz. That's right, and, and not from the bee. No, no not, from the buzz, not from the bee. Does Mac the honeysuckle still? I yeah, think so. yeah. But also, they choose this song because it's like a honeypot operation. Oh, it, was that term used in 1994? Yes. Really? I don't know. I think so. I thought that was a more modern term. Interesting. Well, Mac is getting honeypotted. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's the scheme. Some redheaded immortal approaches him at the bar. Her name is Sharon. Sharon. And she starts, like, feeling his leg and everything. She immediately tries to proposition him. Yeah. Like, instantly. Yes. And Mac's like, nope. And then she's like, okay, I was lying. I need help. And she's like, I thought you wouldn't help me if you didn't, like, I didn't let you bang me. It's like, oh, boy. Yeah, Yeah, that was really upsetting. That's how we know Mac's a really good guy, because he won't just bang around. Yeah. That's so jarring. It's like, this is obviously a thing. (laughs) This is obviously a problem. She's just like, oh, hello, I'm Sharon. We've been talking for 30 seconds. Let me grab your penis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, here in a public place. Let me just get a fistful of ham. (laughs) (laughs) A fistful of ham. Revolting. (laughs) It is revolting. she says an immortal is following her and she never learned how to fight and doesn't even have a sword right so max like okay i'll help you a lot of the episodes or the episode last week this week a lot of meditation on the buzz and how it works the next episode we're going to talk about more meditations on the buzz and yeah how it works because uh she convinces him to like come up to her room later so he can like help her right right in some way so he's like going to spend time with his lady friend and then go upstairs and help her out right and she, help her out. Hey, 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 Lion Mac. Hey, <laughs> somebody stop him. Somebody stop me. Amen is smoking. The mask. <laughs> Guys, it's that point. <laughs> so Sharon is there looking very sexy on the bed. <laughs> is that a, is that a, are you expressing your statement? No, I just thought that's what the the, the plan was. I, I mean, was that was the plan. Yeah, she's there looking at Eamon's loose. You just killed Eamon. Guys, Eamon's dead. Eamon, uh, I'm looking at your Keith and Kyle. <laughs> Very sexy on the bed. I didn't mean it to come out I'm like that. sorry. That's what it sounded like. I'm sorry. 
but she's all done up, right? Yeah, she's like in her nighty or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's in Looking oldie, very sexy. She's in yeah. her ye oldy nighty. Yeah. yeah. Which is a lot of clothes. Yeah, she's in a lot of clothes. Yeah. She's and got like, like four garter belts on. And, yeah. and Max just looks so annoyed. He's like, we talked uh, about this. Yeah. Like, God damn it. I thought we talked about this. You don't have to do this. And then uh, <laughs> then he gets the buzz again. Right. Oh, yeah. From yeah. three feet away, <laughs> yeah. Axel comes like out of the bathroom. Yeah, I guess. Which, so, like, like, like the I'm, closet. I'm, it's a good thing Matt could, like didn't like need to pee when he came in. Yeah. Yeah, this is weird. And then it's just like just is on him. And he's like, I almost had you. Yeah. It's, like, it's almost like did? friendly. Yeah, it's like I almost got you, McLeod, and he's like, oh. and Matt doesn't even seem that like he's like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you almost did. Yeah. So then they fight. Yep. Yeah, and he's like, you cheated. So this fight's kind of cool though. Yeah, I like this fight. It's a good They're kind of like going around the balcony oh, of the. Fi- uh, oh, I was just saying, the fight scenes of this are fantastic, and yeah. They're in what looks like an opera house or something. Does this location get used again? No, it doesn't. I think that's a Paris location Mm. that kind of looks like this later in the season with these kind of big balconies. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, multi-tiered balconies with these huge, like, red banners that run the the height of the building. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good. During the course of this fight, though, Axel takes a tumble off the side of the balcony and i guess yeah. it's like splats on a table yeah like presumed dead because yeah. there's like witnesses to this too yeah yeah so i don't like, know exactly how that shakes out but mac like hides and i guess escapes without anybody seeing him right because he comes back to this location later, later yeah which doesn't seem smart so does he nope. so yeah everyone yeah. everyone is just gonna just sweeps this whole thing under the rug this sword fight is like fast they're like Really moving, like, the ca- there's a bunch of these, like, camera shots where, like, they're moving in a direction and, like, the camera's, like, over one of their shoulders and then, like, you cut to the side. And they've just, like, really motor. Like, there's some cool footwork here. Absolutely. Yeah, this yeah, is good yeah. stuff. Uh, guys, we're going to play a real quick game, a keyword. I thought this would be fun to do. We haven't played keyword in a little while. Uh, so I'm going to read five clues, and you guys have got to guess uh, what this pertains to. Uh, mm. So... Unique, stylish, official, one of a kind, and number one, only available at Highlander Rewatch. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's a long keyword, but I think I have an idea. What could it be? Eamon? Is it our exclusive magnets? Yes. Holy shit, that's brilliant. Magnets, how do they work? No one knows. Science will never know. Tide goes out. (laughs) How do you explain that? But Highlander magnets, how do they work? They work by heading over to our Facebook page, clicking on the Shop Now button, and paying us money to get these magnets. Uh, We've got an exclusive set of five collectible magnets with Mac, Joe, Mythos, Amanda, and a very cool Highlands Duncan Barbarian magnet, which is pretty cool. It's pretty rad, Chef. And who did this art? Me, Amen. Check it out. Support Highlander, support this podcast, support local artists. That's right. And if you're an international listener, head on over to our Etsy store. Just go to Etsy.com, search Highlander Rewatched, and we can ship internationally from our Etsy store. So check it out. And thanks for supporting Highlander Rewatched. So then we cut back to the present. Uh, and Mac is telling Axel that he's like, you can't have anything to do with michelle and mac then like looks behind him like the funeral is still going on so this poorly attended funeral mac is left 30 percent of the guests leave 30 percent of the people leave to go talk to like his friend it's like what are you doing uh he like he leaves his friends to go talk to like a walking jc penny ad like, well he has to go is. he's like oh i gotta go pee <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah sorry i gotta go take a link in those woods yeah. uh 
Maybe on that guy's grave. I don't know. But also, he doesn't know that Michelle's at the funeral. Right. So that we cut. There's like a commercial break. We cut a little later, and then Michelle's there. Mac is super pissed. Yeah. He's like, not very smart. Right. And so again, he like put. Well, then he puts her in the car. Yeah. Like, and gets in the car as well. And I just want to reiterate again: the funeral is still going on. So now Mac yeah. is not just like left for a minute. Mac is just leaving the funeral <laughs> yeah. early. He just ditched. He it. just yep. fucking bails. Anyway, I'm sorry for your loss. I gotta get going. <laughs> 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 it's like oh, I gotta go pee in this one. Yeah, I, I gotta go in my apartment. I can't. I can't use the bathroom anywhere else. Yeah. I have to be at home. So I guess I'll just see you guys oh. later. <laughs> home base. Uh, so again, Mac is doling out this information so slowly. This is really not cool of him. I think. Yeah. Because uh, Michelle is like, well, Axel doesn't seem too bad. Like he could have taken my head, and he didn't just now. And he's like, well, it's because you were on holy ground. And she's like, huh? It's like you didn't tell her about that yet. Like, yeah. how long is this going to take? She's There's like, not whatever that, many- that means. Yeah. He's yeah. He waits every time she's her life is threatened by another immortal to reveal a key fact of yeah. her existence. Oh, why didn't you run to holy ground? <laughs> Oh, I didn't tell you? Well, well, here you go. There's like almost like, what, how many rules are there to the game? Like four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he seems to be on number two. two. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Max really got to speed this up. Seemingly in some self-awareness, he does get the, the impression that he's really not the best teacher for her. Yeah. Yes. So we get a flashback back to that hotel. Uh, so Axel's back in the hotel with Sharon. Who's looking very sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. And he like flips out on her. This is creepy. He has his sword like to her neck. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you were supposed to like lure McLeod and blah, blah, blah. So he's pissed. He's pissed. But also this is like, he's such like, this is such an abusive relationship. Because, yeah. like, as soon as this is all over, he's like, but I love you, baby. Like, yeah. like, ugh, like stop oh, I just it. Just put the sword here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been using to attack you. So downstairs, Sharon meets up with Mac, and she's like, I got to get out of this relationship. You were right. I still wasn't sure whether this was, like, another ploy. Yeah, I thought I'm this not was either. a trick again. I did, That's too, at thought, first, yeah. but then I was like, oh, I don't no, think, this is I think real. it's legit. Yeah. yeah. But then it's like, really? Like, again? And why is Mac going back to this place? His girlfriend's there singing. I guess. Singing that his favorite song, the yeah. B song. <laughs> or maybe is he there to like finish off axel uh, yeah oh maybe so mac is like i can get you on a boat i'll meet you bit here again at two uh he, and she's still making excuses i guess yeah. for axel like oh well it's okay he, he loved me and max likes don't make excuses for him so anyway later that night at the hotel there's like this scream that mac hears and mm-hmm. i guess he runs upstairs and he finds the very sexy sharon is dead <laughs> dead <laughs> well he like sees that a quickening is going on yeah. oh that's right yeah, yeah there's yeah. like all this flashing upstairs which right. is kind of a cool i think cool way to tell this story yeah yeah Yeah. long range quickening yep so anyway we cut back to the present in the dojo and this is the clip we played at the top of the episode where michelle is like this is like a crazy fairy tale on acid this is one of those shows where if you just starkly lay out all of its features you're like oh yeah it's kind of funny to like see it all in one place by someone saying it incredulously yep credulously do you ever read comic book summaries Mm. like a summary of a comic book no Mm-mm. Not too often. It's like something I try to do like every once in a while to just like refresh myself on what's going on. Going oh, on the I get you. Yeah, and it's and like just like crazy. And it's just like you just like it's <laughs> yeah. just a couple of sentences to get you up to speed on like the main points. And I can remember just like reading comic book arcs and being like really invested in them. But then if you just read the summary of them, you're like, this is the fucking dumbest shit ever. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh, really? That person was a clone and that was never really Magneto all along? Yep. And, like, you're like, fuck this. But like, even if you read it, it's like, 
very well respected like great comic arcs yeah. that are like super gripping and the art's great and like you're along for the ride it's like jubilee she was a mutant but then she lost her mutant powers then she was bit by a vampire, vampire. and now yeah. she's a vampire and i'm like what <laughs> yeah, exactly and that's like all i could think while she's doing this yeah speech it's like well when you put it that way it's stupid but it's way cooler than that <laughs> like, yeah yeah so craig shows up at the, at the dojo at the dojo craig, craig gets a lot of screen time he in this does episode. he does yeah. so michelle goes to like hide in the office and Craig comes in and he's all broken up saying this is like all his fault because he got in a fight with her. He should have, you know, been easier on her. He should have gone after her when she drove away. And he's crying, crying, crying. And this is obviously very, I guess, touching to Michelle. She, I guess, finally realizes that her parents actually did love her because she yeah. didn't really think that. Yeah. And actually, I teased Craig before. This is a very good performance from no, him. No, this is good. This is yeah. a good scene. Um, this is a great scene. And it's like a very long soliloquy. It's delivered really well. And the whole time you see like Michelle getting progressively more upset. It's like it's all shot well. There's real emotional content here. I like buy into this moment. Yeah. And he brings up the uh, the adopted parents thing. That, like, yeah. She would always question like who my real parents were. Made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Good enough. This yeah. and that. Uh, so good stuff. And Michelle, like, almost blows this thing up because, like, she starts, like, coming out of the office. And Mac yeah. is like, uh-oh, time to go, Craig. Yeah. So he kind of rushes Craig off. And Michelle right. kind of runs after him. It's like, nope, it's over. You can't see your parents again. You blew it. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because Mac did see his parents again afterwards. Oh, right. As you recall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where do I come from? Where do I come from? <laughs> <laughs> I think the key to all of that performance is the where. Yeah. Where? Keith, where's your where? Where? Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, so then we get quite the scene. So Michelle and Duncan embrace. And then she starts, like, slowly kissing him. Mac takes so long to respond to this. Yes, yeah. he Mac, does. It's like, I was like, all right. He's getting kissed on the lips. And yeah. he is like. Not Still not doing anything quick enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Slow response. Mac. This upset me. Yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, I have a note on here. Like, why? I don't know. Like, why is this bug me so much? Like, she's like, I find this gross. Why is that? Uh, it's, it's obvious because he's known her since she was a little kid. She is 18. He is 400. He's adopted <laughs> like a mentorship role, which is yeah. something that is antithetical to a romantic But I feel like kissing an 18-year-old would be gross anyway. Yeah, and you're 13 years older than an 18-year-old, not I guess. 313, right. 413 years older. No, this is objectively disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. I mean, I, th- I think the main thing is, like... He even, he, front, he even appears to be a 38-year-old man anyway. Yeah. Like, even that is disgusting, let alone the fact that he's 38 <laughs> plus 400. Yeah. Right. No, there's nothing okay about this. And I like, wasn't trying to say there was anything okay about it. No, yeah, but, like, he's also, like, he is, like, more or less a family figure to her. Like, he's known her for so long. He's watched her grow up. Yeah. 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 It's not cool. Yeah, I think that's like that's really the like Ugh. the sticking point. But you know, he he says no. You know, no means eventually, yeah. eventually. So they go upstairs, and she is still like she's like quite the horn dog. Like she yeah. still wants to get down to business. So yeah, Max for, says for some reason, Max like, oh, I'm gonna find you like a new teacher, which I think he's implying it's Amanda. And he's yeah. like, we're gonna go tomorrow. Like I'm not the right fit for you. Right. And she's like, well, the morning's like a long way away. And she gets in the bed and takes off her shirt. And it's like, yep. oh my God, like her hormones are out of control. Well, and Max. And seems, Meltdown. Yeah. Her, yeah. Her, yeah. Her, her libido's in Meltdown. Like man. And where's Richie? If Richie oh, was in this episode, I just want to talk about how, <laughs> how Mac is acting. Like I got a twinge of like, he wants her to go away so he won't like be tempted. Oh, he's oh. like, okay, I'll I'll sleep on the on the couch. And when he sits on the couch, he's like, to me, his performance is like 
kind of like I need to stay over here and like Whoa. that's what I got. From Interesting. It. Well, you couple it with the weird kiss thing. Yeah. Like what bothers me is I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> like yeah. that yeah. is the thing that bothers me about it. Hmm. It's like that's just something really weird about this character, and the, it's like a thing that's super weird about this entire setup of these characters is like there's this bizarre like set of implicit assumptions about like what women want and how they behave and what they respond to, and then similarly that like men also like they can't resist things like right. they also can't like have a normal relationship with people like it must be inherently sexual hmm. i don't know there's just like a lot of problematic toxic notions about interaction between the genders that's like i don't know about this yeah interesting we cut to a gas station michelle doesn't think she's gonna like this new teacher and it's like michelle doesn't seem too concerned about this whole like sword fighting thing at all yeah like well, she's like already like someone's well, so what if somebody just protects me <laughs> <laughs> Guy gives all the speeches. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Victor Paws. But yeah, like I don't know if I was her, I'd be scared out of my mind. Like, hold on, people are going to come after me with swords. Yeah, I need to learn something. Like, she just does not seem to. If I found out I became immortal, I would be fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm in terrible shape. I've never touched a sword. I'm just gonna be like, oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> so Michelle uh, excuses herself while Duncan's getting gassed, to go yeah. to, like the bathroom or whatever. <laughs> she meets like these two bikers who are immediately like hey hey baby. yeah they're gross they're gross and she's, she's fucking into it though. she's fucking yeah. into it she's like yeah we're gonna, i'm gonna go get spit roasted by these bikers oh, like, oh my god and they're like old aren't they yeah, they're like they're like they, they look like they're 55 yeah yeah mm, this is not good this they, is this is way not good she es- escapes from mac by hitching a ride Riding bitch, if you will. Oh my god! <laughs> this biker's she bicycle. Might, she might be a bad girl, but she wears a helmet. That's right. That's true. She does. Playing it safe. Well, safety. she learned from the that horrible crash she got into. Yeah. Yeah. Although, yeah. why is she wearing a helmet? She shouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Now That's she knows. True. Yeah. Mm. Can immortals get brain damage? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm very. I'm very comfortable that they can't. Yeah. All right. So we cut. We are at Cape Schooner on Axel's sailboat. I feel like they've used this location a couple times later. We'll yeah. see it pop up again. Yeah. Uh, Michelle gets the buzz and out of, out appears out appears out pops Axel. Uh, so I guess she got there with the buzz. How how do we tr- how do we chalk this up? I have no idea. I have no idea how she gets here. I mean, yeah. maybe at the grave. He graveyard, probably he told gave her, her where yeah. he was. He was like, "Come to Cape Scooter, right?" Because well, we've kind of wondered really about the, the only way that could have happened. Well, yeah. we've wondered about the buzz though before about like, is it like a beacon, like a radar yeah. sense? Like, is that how the gathering kind of works and all that sort of stuff? Like, they're that drawn would, to I, each other. I think that would be a perfectly justifi- justifiable way for it to work, but I don't think we have evidence that it works that way. Yeah. Also, in, in the I, last I, episode, I mean, we I find like out it. that it's not person specific. Yeah. So how would she know that the buzz was leading her to Axel? Right. Maybe she went to a bunch of other houses first and, she and just, had to run away. Yeah. She's just bu- busting up, uh, up bus up on Gregor. <laughs> He's like, hey, it's a woman. You know what I mean, Richie? <laughs> Get some hot dogs on the grill. Hot yeah. dogs. Get your hot dogs. Road monsters. <laughs> Did anyone notice the music playing during this scene? Uh, I have a note that it sounds like Bobo Black and White by Michael Jackson. Wow. It's no. really kind of goofy. I don't know what that is. Bobo, black and white? Black and No, well, the song oh, is Bobo I get it. version. I get it. Oh, I get it. The song. Version. it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Sus four chords, guys. We're talking chords on this podcast. <laughs> all chords all the time. Yep. He gives her a gross kiss. At one point, they're again, like... Again. Yeah. Again. Yep. This guy, like, is a bad kisser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Just throwing it out there. They're like chilling on the boat later. She has like a new dress. They have like cocktails and stuff. Yeah. And she says this line of dialogue. This is so cool living on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what would she do if she found out about the barge? I know. Oh, Quentin man. Barge. <laughs> it's me, Quentin Barge. If she saw that barge, she'd be like, all right, Axel, I'm going on this barge. Because Axel's boat isn't like a house boat. No, it's just it's like, like a little a boat. It's like a little schooner, like a little fishing boat. Yeah, is it, is it a schooner in Cape Schooner? Yeah, I yeah. guess so. A schooner and schooner. Axel tells her about how they're going to travel the world. They're going to go to Paris and they're going to go south. He's going to feed her oysters and they're going to fuck under the stars. It's like ugh, disgusting. And all you need to do is let me handle everything. Very creepy. Yeah, and he's like, Super. "Well, when am I going to learn how to use a sword?" He's like, "Eventually." It's like, uh. well, first he's like, "You're not going to need to." Right. And then she's like, well, Duncan told me I am. And then he's like, oh, yeah. he's just like, this is very creepy and like manipulative. Well, it's yeah. like, he's like setting up an abusive relationship where like you make someone dependent on you so that then yeah. when you like turn the switch and like are super abusive, they can't They're escape. Trapped. Yeah. And he also makes her to like lose contact with Duncan. It's like, you need to like tell yeah. him goodbye. Like that's over. But he lets her call him. Yeah. She calls Duncan up, I guess, because Axel wants to settle the score i guess i had a note about this too like we find out like this is axel's mo is i seduce these women they act as like bait and then he's able to like ambush immortals and kill them he does not have that scenario going on like why did he show up at mac's place like he was going there for mac right so a couple things so i was just kind of wondering what the what his purpose there was i think there's like three overlapping things going on here one he's just in the game like he's someone who plays the game and as he reveals at some point, he eventually just invites Mac over to fight him. He doesn't feel like he needs to do this. It's like a trick he uses. Oh, I guess so. But he's just in the game, and like he invites Mac not with the intention of like using the girl in any way. He, like, he just thinks he can beat Mac. So that's point one. Like he, he just is a pretty competent swordsman and thinks he can do this. Point two is he also gets like... I don't think it's just about using them as bait. I think it's also that he legitimately gets something out of like this freshness. Yes concept and like he actually does want to like because mac even throws this in her face like he wants to like live through you and like see the world through your eyes and like but when like the wonder wears off you're toast i think that's Uh, a fairly compelling concept actually in this show like that yeah like he's like soured on everything so he needs to experience it with someone that's new to it yeah and then but like once they're more seasoned the thing wears off also no one was gonna make the wonder bread joke when it was wonder bread and then you're toast anyway uh you both suck. Uh, <laughs> and then point three is that, like, I think he uses them as bait when he's, like, they've kind of served their purpose in the first part. Oh, like, it's not then all he's, the time. It's not all the time. It's like now he's, like, they've, they've stopped being special, so they need to start being useful. I think that's kind of the progression. Interesting. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Because if it was just about using people as bait, you could do that with a mortal woman. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on the the issue. There is like something to both of those concepts, like the the honeypot concept and the seeing the world through their eyes concept. I wish they kind of picked one to focus on, but it's interesting. Yeah. So Mac shows up later, and I thought there was some kind of funny dialogue. Like, well, like she, oh, Mac, he straight up invites her. Yes. Yeah. Like she calls just to say goodbye, and he takes the phone and is like, "Come here, so I can decapitate you." Right. So Mac shows up later. Uh, he's like crossing like a little footbridge to get to the the boat. I think it's funny because Michelle comes running out. Yeah, uh, and Mac like pulls out the sword. Yeah. She's like, "What are you doing here?" And he pulls out the sword. She's like, "You're gonna kill me." He's like, "Not you." Yeah, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't be know, ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Axel and Mac have kind of like an argument over Michelle. I kind of wanted to play this clip. Like, this Mac, is ping pong. Yeah, Mac, Mac, I think, kind of saves it at the end. But while this was going on, I was like a little concerned. I was like, this is two men arguing over a woman. Not arguing like who gets wants to be in. I don't ah, it, it, It's problematic. That's my point. Go to the tape. Get back on board, Michelle. Look, guys, you don't have to do this over me. This isn't just about you, Michelle. Did he tell you about Sharon and the others? He protected them right up until the time he killed them. Does that guy do anything to hurt you? Do you think he would ever teach you to use a sword? Michelle! Don't listen to him. Don't listen to me. Listen to yourself. There we go. He looks kind of like Richard Dean Anderson. That's yeah. Just uh, yeah. But Matt kind of saves it at the end where he's like, don't listen to me either. Like, listen to yourself. But it's the like, initial yeah. attack, I, of, don't I, like, listen to him. I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah I had like a note. I, I was like, whew. Like, yeah. Max saved that at the end because it's like, you two are just arguing over her yeah. choices. Like, yep. please stop. Yeah. Please, please stop. Other One quick thing. Mac takes his coat off and then throws it over the dock. <laughs> I think that was a mistake. <laughs> like, he's just like, fuck. <laughs> like, wet coat <laughs> also why is anyone throwing away a coat the ultimate weapon in the yeah, highlander the universe highlander yeah, should be tool. Using that. do we still play do we ever determine the uh order in sword pipe coat i think there are some still some i don't think we ever got to the bottom of that well we'll have to yeah. watch and see how it shakes out in the highlander universe yeah <laughs> get ready for the highlander knights five-piece fireplace set Wow. wow. <laughs> the best tools to keep your fireplace stoked, clean, <laughs> and looking its best. Actually, that was worded as a question. Sorry, I have to read that again. The best tools to keep your fireplace stoked, clean, and looking its best? <laughs> also, no Oxford comma. Each tool is forged of cast iron and is designed to last at least 400 years, parenthetical, or more. And Ooh, is that true? Let's put it to the test. Yeah. <laughs> the handles have been elegantly created from solid brass with a pewter finish and are the exact replica of Duncan's katana handle. Set includes brush, poker, shovel, and tongs. Again, no Oxford comma. I bet they're not exact. <laughs> All are kept neat and close at hand in a cast iron stand with the Highlander crest emblazoned on its base. Makes a stunning gift that will be in your family for generations. 400 years or more they say yeah i wonder how they tested that exact replica is a strong word for it <laughs> but like you can see there is like a lot of detail in the handles hmm. but it almost like maybe it's just a bad picture it almost looks like so detailed parts of it just look like smoothed and indistinguishable mm. um but that being said how much do you think this five piece set costs i'm gonna assume it's made of like cast iron or something it's probably fairly heavy you don't have to assume it it was in the description i'll, I'll, I'll still assume it is <laughs> yeah. based I, on the description should, i'm assuming, you I'm, I'm yeah. assuming you're just gonna assume that the description is on full flies yeah. uh <laughs> jesus <laughs> I'm going to say $129. Okay, Eamon. $500. <laughs> All right. I don't think we established whether it was prices right rules, but it's irrelevant. Keith was closer. Mm. Um, How much is this bad boy? $299. Are you out of your mind? $299. Are you out of your mind? I guess that's kind of cool. Like... If you have a fireplace, okay. you need this equipment anyway. So Which you can get for $40, I'm sure. I don't know if they are. I think they are kind of expensive because it is a lot of metal. Uh, but, I mean, I think having these with, like, cool dragon head handles are cool. I don't think I care that it says Highlander on, like, the base of it or whatever it does. But. Yeah. yeah. The dragon head's cool. You could probably, like, stick that in there, you know? Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Wait. Oh, these are cool. Yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, just yeah, they're pretty uh... cool. So then we get a sword fight, and this sword fight is fantastic, I think. Yeah, it's good. It's like real fast and it's it's good stuff. Super quick. Cool. They make really good use of these like bridges and docks. Like they they move all over them. Like again, Axel seems like he's a pretty competent mm-hmm. sword fighter and like they really they do some like long shots and like let them kind of move around a lot. I was pretty impressed with it. I I really dug this. Yeah, I thought this was actually one of my favorite sword fights in the whole show. It's uh, really good. Based purely maybe on the choreography. It's not like the most exciting setting or anything like that. Uh Yeah, I think that's the only thing that detracts from it a little bit is the setting just seems a little goofy yeah for a it's sword just, fight it's but. cool because especially because we've had like the the scene in the the last episode or they so, fight on the roof of the paris opera and it's yeah. like this is epic yeah, yeah there have uh, been some very epic scenes so that for them just to be on this very nondescript dock is like me but it's a good fight yeah, it good. is good so like yeah. how does this fight end because it gets pretty exciting i think oh yeah they they both like topple off the dock into the water yeah like their hands get locked up and they're like trying to escape and they go tumbling into the into what appears to be like relatively deep water yeah they're not just it's not like in uh the samurai where their like ankles are wet like they could both get fully submerged and are down there for a while basically matt comes up first and that's why he wins because yeah. he gets to chop Axel's head off as he's coming up, which is like cold. Yeah. Oh, it's super cold. Yeah. Also, there's like this kind of slow mo shot. Like Axel comes up and you see him like gasping for air. It's yeah. like he's got like an intense look on his face where he's like <gasps> as he's coming up, and then it cuts to Mac, whose hair is of course just sopping wet, and in slow mo, like his hair is almost like covering his face as he just goes for the chop. This shot is like most of the time I actually don't like the use of slow mo mm-hmm. in the show in general. Yeah, like they use it a lot. It's a well they go to often, but here I think it works well. Yeah, like on this, like because just the looks on their faces are really intense. Yeah, and the way this all plays out, like this is a very quick action. Like this all happens in a split second, so slowing it down helps you kind of figure out what's going on. Yeah, and it's like one of those cool moments where it's like, oh, like this could have gone differently. Like they they both fell in the water, and that just created chaos. And like, yeah. Whoever comes up first is going to have a big advantage, and that's... that's I, I have a note about that, too. Like, oftentimes, Max somehow gets the upper hand in a fight. And, you know, it's not really... Like, I the know. fight with Grayson. How does he take yeah. control of that? He just, like, wins. Yeah. Uh, so this was nice that there was, like, a new reason for him. Like, he got the upper hand kind of by chance, and it was great. Because right. so. up until then, it was... I don't know. I didn't get the impression that one or the other had the advantage in this fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get a quickening. Uh, so Michelle kind of hides, and I'm assuming because of the speed Mac is dulling out all this information, she, one, has never seen it and probably doesn't even know this is a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. the hell is this? Uh, yeah. But Mac goes on a ride uh, on Splash Mountain. Yeah. There's just jets of fire coming up. Like, they could just have, like, the fire pots, like, shooting straight up. <laughs> well, it's like... It's like standing in the water in front of like some logs that the, catch the on logging fire. operation. That's yeah, like, but it is like jets of fire. Like yeah. it's not like they're on fire. Yeah, it is. There are streams of fire shooting. Four up. of them going straight yep. up. Uh, at one point during this quickening, I actually did laugh out loud because like the water. I think it's kind of cool. Like lightning is hitting the water mm. and making it like explode. I don't know if that would ever happen. Probably not. But. At some point, water, like a cannon blast of water, just shoots Mac, like, right in the face. Oh, really? <laughs> That's really good. Straight up to my face. <laughs> I missed that. I may have to watch that again. Oh, and it's another daytime quickening, too. A lot of those this season. Yeah. Most of them have been yeah. that, right? I don't know. There's, like, some bubbling water. 
Yeah, it's cool. Before. Yeah. I'm okay with this quickening. Yeah, great fight. Pretty good quickening. All in all, pretty solid. So, the denouement of this episode, we're back at the cemetery, and uh, Mac and Michelle are there, and I guess she's really upset that she was such an asshole to her parents. Which yeah. she was. Which she yeah. was. And then we get an Amanda cameo. Yeah, Amanda is here to pick Amandio. Michelle up, which this is a dumbly enough, like, kind of a surprise for me. Like, I wasn't like, who's the teacher going to be? Or that's what I was like. You yeah. were like that? Even yeah. though it said, like, a special guest star, Elizabeth Grayson. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. So this gets a little crazy. So Amanda's I mean, like... I think, it, I, don't, I think I might have actually legitimately been... Maybe not legitimately been surprised, but, like, it wouldn't have been obvious to no. me if they hadn't... If I didn't know Elizabeth Grayson was in yeah. the episode. Yeah. I so, missed, like, when he said new teacher, somehow. I just was like, yeah. oh, that explains what Elizabeth Grayson's doing yeah. in this episode. Right. right. And, like, right. Re- I never had to think about it, really. Totally. Uh, so they're going to go to some Abbey... Yeah. Uh, to train, I suppose. So they'll be mm-hmm. safe. Then Michelle's just starts complaining again. And she's like, and Abby, like, Axel and I were going to go to Paris. And now you want to, it's like, please, <laughs> please stop complaining. And that guy Duncan just beheaded, in case yeah. you were wondering how serious this was. Like, this yeah. is, not to jump ahead to, like, our final criticisms, but this is one of my least favorite things about this episode is, like, her characterization. Like, yeah. her story arc is, like, I'm a shitty kid. And then she goes and is, like, an asshole. And then she's, like, more of a shitty person. And, like, she just never stops being kind of shitty. Like, I feel like she, like, this, I feel like this would have been better if it was, like, oh, it's, like, a rebellious teenager. She doesn't feel like she fits in, probably because she's immortal. And, like, there's some weird thing about You know what I mean? Like, and, like, oh, maybe she is good. Or she has some, like, legitimate redeeming moment. Like, when she realized her parents were caring and she has, like, a change of heart. But, like, at the whole time... All that does is make her horny. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but the whole time, she is just, like, complaining every time someone tries to help her. And I, I don't know. I just can't, like, get behind her. Like, yeah. I'm never, like, rooting for her. I'm never, like... No, oh, absolutely like, not. Like, again, she doesn't really have much of an arc. She is just kind of... I don't want to say bratty. She's just an asshole. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, she's still kind of an asshole. Yeah. Though there's some funny dialogue at the end between her and Amanda. They get down talking dirty. <laughs> there's some yeah. girl talk. Because yeah. they're like, oh, uh, there's Mac. You, you guys ever do it? And Mac is all bashful. This is actually very funny. Yeah. He's so, like, oh, that's private. Da, da, da. And, and then she's like, like, we'll talk about it. She's like, was he good? It's like, hold, yeah. slow down. Gross. Gross. That is gross. That would make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> if someone's discussing that in front of you. Yep. I don't want to hear this. That Eamon, very selfish lover. Yeah. <laughs> is this something people do talk about the, a lot? I feel like the truth. I don't, but. You going to talk about it? Yeah. But there are like some people you talk about it with. Was he good? <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. That's particularly. That's what I'm talking about. Like, this is weird. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) So, yeah, that's this episode, I guess. That's really that. Yeah, Yeah, they they walk away. She's off to train, never to be heard from again. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Spoiler. Except for for in that roll in the hay in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we give. Reverse spoiler. Reverse spoiler. That's just what we were going to start calling the past. Yeah, reverse. Things then that we get a reverse happened. spoiler. Yeah, reverse spoiler. The United States won the revolution. Hey Well, before we get into our final wrap up of this episode, uh, there's some words of wisdom from David Abramowitz regarding the plot of this episode. Ooh. What being immortal does is just intensify the experience of being human in such in such an enormous way that everything becomes grander. Everything becomes bigger, everything becomes longer, and the questions become harder. Because you, you have more than a lifetime to answer them. And, you know, and as I get older, I realize the dumber I get. You know, when I was younger, 
I used to be much smarter. Now that I'm getting older, I realize how stupid I am. And I think it must be like that for mortals, which is because they, they would sit around and say, God, I've been around for 500 years and I still don't know shit. <laughs> That's good. That is, that is words of wisdom. Yeah. It's good. When I was in college, I was what the lesson you were supposed to learn from Socrates is that like you come full circle. It's like, oh, this guy doesn't know anything. And then you think, oh, no, this guy's really smart. Like he does know something. But then you realize he doesn't actually know anything. And that's like the, the journey you're supposed to take. Mm. It's like a pie. Interesting. You encounter the top layer, but then you realize the bottom layer is the same as the top. Oh. <laughs> like a pie. Like a pie. Like a pie. <laughs> Unless it's a There's pumpkin a pie. That's true. Like a pecan pie or one of those kinds. But mm. if, you're, if you're dealing pie. with like a lattice crust pie or something. <laughs> lattice crust. <laughs> Game uh, time. Game time. What, All right. what, what time is it? So this is the game where Keith and Kyle, you two are going to question each other. Or you have to guess what's on this card in seven seconds. All right. And the theme to this is the letter K. Ooh. Oh. This is It's a Kind of Clue, I believe. It's a Kind of but Clue. But this time spelled with a K. But spelled with right. a K. That's right. <laughs> there are many Highlander villains and people in the Highlander community like you two with K names. So I thought the letter K would be appropriate. Very uh, good. So the rules of this game are there are 60 seconds on the clock, and we have to we have 60 seconds to get the other person to guess the clue on this card without saying that word. And each one's a point. Say one. Let's go. Uh, villain of the first movie. Kurgan. Uh, villain of this administration. She sucks. She lies Kelly a lot. Kelly and Conway. Uh, <laughs> whoa. In the Matrix. Keanu. Reeves. Nice name. Uh, fighting style. Japanese. Karate. Kung fu. Meow. Kitty cat. Uh, you're close. Plural babies. Cats. Kittens. Uh, what would you do? Klondike bar. Yeah. All right. All right, Kyle. You ready for these clues? Let's fuck. Go. Uh, villain of the second movie. Uh, Katana. Um. It means Japanese sword. Uh, big butt, Armenian, reality star. Kardashian? Yes. Kim Kardashian? Yes. Uh, bust through the walls, he's big juice. Cool, uh, he starred in Line of Fire, Crazy Hair. Kurt Russell? No. Line no. of Fire. Oh, Episode, uh, episode. Uh, Randall Tex Cobb? Yeah, the name of the villain is? Uh, Catless? No. Uh, oh, shit. All right, moving on. Uh, this chicken is served here. Restaurant abbreviation. KFC? Yes. Uh, my, my name? Keith? Uh, uh, orange soda, dude. Uh, good burger. Keenan? Kel? And, and, yeah. And, and then the villain of the, that episode. Uh, give me a better hint here. Uh, uh, rides a motorcycle. I, a Tex Cobb. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I knew who you meant. I mean, give me a hint of like what the name is. I've actually I just said on the cop. Curtain on the cop. Yeah. You both won. Yay! Yay. Woo! Good job. Well, guys, we should learn a little bit more about some of these characters that were in this episode. Let's oh, can we? Yeah, let's read some Watcher Chronicles. All right, guys, let's talk about Michelle Webster. Last name is Webster. She was born in 1977 in Seacouver. Hmm. Her first death was 1994 in a car accident. Her fe- first teacher was Duncan McLeod, barely. Yeah. He hardly taught her anything. He actually certainly Withheld didn't teach lots her of information. Yeah. yeah. This is amazing. So they've been putting these in the Chronicles. Original cultural affiliation. 
to like say what country they're from or, uh, you know, and then maybe like their current cultural affiliation, if that makes sense. Okay. Like Amanda, for instance, was like born in France, but yeah. her n- cultural affiliation now would be like American. Okay. Does that make sense? So for Michelle, original cultural affiliation, American, comma, Gen X. What the what? What in the <laughs> world? Uh, recent base of operation, Basel, Switzerland. Base oh. of operation. She's like a supervillain. Basel, that's like the financial center of Switzerland. When I used to work as a debt collector, we had to put Basel codes really? for reasons why uh, wait, people were... Wait, wait, First off, wait. I did not you know you used to were... work as a debt collector? <laughs> yeah. Were you a repo man? No, I was like... A did business... you often violate federal laws in I... a way that led to the passing of I the wish. FDCPA? I wish. I wish I collected over the phone on copier leases. Copier leases. Wow. Very exciting. (laughs) Did you like threaten people with legal action? I could if it came to that. Did you threaten them with physical violence ever? Uh, In my brain. Yeah. (laughs) Come down there. Take the toner out of there. And then finally, occupation student um, oh okay from michelle's watcher chronicle michelle webster <laughs> has the opportunity nearly every woman dreams about the chance to stay 18 forever yes just under really? drinking age um it just remains to be seen what she does with that opportunity michelle is still very young barely more than a year since her first death first death is capitalized i don't know why uh she is keen to get out and try try her wings to do everything to see everything and to do it all right now what yeah luckily amanda and duncan mcleod are keeping her on a conservative path finishing school then university during semester breaks and summer holiday amanda has been training michelle in the sword preparing her for the day she goes out on her own she still has much to learn about the sword about life about being immortal but she seems eager to learn now if she can just keep her pretty head long enough Mm. Mm. how does she go to school and she doesn't fully know how to do the sword fighting i guess it's safe in a school i guess so. generally speaking yeah who would want to be 18 forever that's i feel I, like she's I like not a at a great that. age like, real did, i i wouldn't want to be 18 no. for my whole life 25 sounds like better yeah that sounds yeah, like you're not between you're not 25 even, and 35 sounds like because you're not solid. even really in your physical prime yet yeah. no i feel like 30 would be a good one yeah for me old not too old yeah maybe it's just maybe it's just me but for me (laughs) (laughs) uh let's talk about alex alex axel whitaker he was born in 1567 in stockholm his first death was in 1601 he was shot for seducing minister's daughter Uh oh gross his first teacher was bjorn gustavson gustavson fucking bjorn you screwed it up original cultural affiliation swedish Recent bo- base of mo- operations, mobile, and then occupation, Playboy. What? I don't think this knows. I don't think the Watcher Chronicles knows what an occupation job is. is. Yeah, maybe occupation he, lech. Maybe he works at the publication. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a writer. Yeah. <laughs> so then, finally, his you, re- you read it for his article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Whitaker is a love of good food, fine wine, fast cars. You want Alex. Oh, Axel. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Forrest Whitaker, known for his love of... Uh, fast cars and even faster women. Ew. Has he ever shown with a car? <laughs> no, no. He isn't. Just checking. Go on. <laughs> we can't... <Best> boats. <laughs> He's never fully dressed without a girl on his arm. The younger, the better. Ew. What the fuck? Gross. <laughs> after this watcher? <laughs> uh, after 400 years, he's been everywhere, done everything and everyone. Ugh. And the only... It doesn't really say done everyone. Oh. I added that. <laughs> Good. Uh, 
And the only way he can begin to recapture the thrill of seeing the Great Pyramids or the beauty of a sunset is to see it through the eyes of someone fresh and new. How young does he have to get people that they've never seen a sunset? <laughs> Finds them at birth. <laughs> Look at this, baby. <laughs> Literally, baby. Yeah. Child. Look he at holds this. it up. Mazapena. It's an extra bonus if they happen to look great in a bathing suit, too. Together, he and Sharon Collins took nearly 40 heads before he tired of her and took her head. With Conchetta Fuentes, he took over 50 heads before she was old and worn out. What? Old and worn out. So so she's not an immortal? Was she not an immortal? Or Wait. old? I don't know. Say that again? Well, so it says with Sharon Collins, he took nearly 40 heads. That was the woman from this episode, the one Whoa, that was very sexy. Max quickening count just got blown off. Well, we got to talk about this. Do we count these Watcher Chronicles as part of the quickening count? Because we've been going like based on the episodes mostly. I feel uncomfortable giving him ten times his current amount of quickenings on the basis of A this Watcher this Chronicle. nonsense. Yeah, yeah <laughs> one sentence and forty heads. Right, and then it says with Conchetta Fuentes. He took over 50 heads Dope. before he felt she was old and worn out. I don't know if he oh, means... he felt she was old, not that she is actually old. I don't know. I feel like well, it could go either way. She is old. Her body just isn't old. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Uh, and who knows how many Axel and Rachel McClelland would have racked up if Vlad Dobrunsky hadn't wised up and gotten Rachel's head before Axel got his. All right. Uh, currently, Axel is between women and on the lookout for his Wait. next cute... Young thing. What was, the, what was that last sentence you just read? And who knows how many Axel and Rachel McClelland would have racked up if Vlad Dobrinsky hadn't wised up and gotten Rachel's head before Axel got his. So it looks like he was trying to pull this scheme with another woman called Rachel, but the dude Vlad caught on to it the way, yeah. much the way Mac did and gotcha. killed her. Damn. And then currently Axel's between women and on the lookout for his next young, cute thing. Everybody better watch their heads when he finds her. So sometimes the Watcher Chronicles are like up to after the villain they're talking about is dead. Yeah, this, was, this, this is one, seemingly yeah. right before the episode we saw. Yeah. yeah. So that's point one. Second off, how did that scheme work over a hundred times? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how many that uh-huh. indicated it got? Yeah. That's a lot of heads. We haven't even more, we have, we have not even kind of figured that there's over a hundred immortals that exist. Total, yeah. And that posits that he took over a hundred heads by getting young women to seduce idiots. Yeah, the fuck. <laughs> that bothers me. All right, that bothers me a lot. That firmly puts me on the side of no, these don't count. Yeah, we should not count. Like if it's a person we have seen on screen, and the Watcher Chronicle informs us that they killed them. Well, like one instance we had this happen was uh, that the night. episode with. The night? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was assumed that he was dead, but the like Watcher they, Chronicle see them confirmed fight. it. Yeah. And then also in the episode with Amanda where the the stone – oh, the uh, – that was Legacy. There was that other student that had, like, fled. Remember they showed up as insurance oh, right. yeah. claims yeah. people? And it was like, oh, what happened to that guy? Did he flee or do we think he died? And we, we were on the fence, and the Watcher Chronicles was like, oh, no, he's dead. Like, yeah. yeah. So we'll count, we'll count those. We'll, uh, if we encounter them and it just, like – undangles the thread i say we do it this he does not get 90 points for 90. this shit no <laughs> no 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 hot bullshit all right guys let's talk about this episode what do we think what are our final thoughts on this thing i mean i brought up some of my concerns earlier that i find just her characterization i just don't find her a very likable character and she's, i think she's despicable and i find like with a very small tweak 
she could be perfectly relatable. Like, it's like, I remember when I was a kid and I was shitty like that to my parents. Like, but I feel like she just doesn't have that turning point that makes her seem like she's like decent on the inside. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm willing to cut her some slack. She's young. I mean, I think she's a little old to still be acting the way they have her acting on this episode. Like, she's 18. She's yeah. not 16. Right. She's an adult yeah. now. So that was a little weird, but I'm willing to cut her some slack. But I don't know. I like this episode. I don't know if I liked it as much as the last one, but I feel like this is another pretty solid episode that was like better than ones I've given in past two yeah. in the previous two seasons. Mm-hmm. This episode is, I think, definitely well, better than most of the qu- The overall quality super- has gone up yeah. such that, yeah. like, I don't know that that's the appropriate scale. Yeah. But. Well, I, I like to think of it. I was actually thinking about this last night. Like, if I was to show this show to somebody that had never seen it before, like, I feel like a lot of... If this episode was like a season one or two episode, I would give them the DVD set and be like, skip these episodes. Like, don't even worry. Like, don't worry about this episode. It's not worth your time. It's, you know what I mean? Like, in season two, this would have been a bad episode, probably. Uh, But in season three, like, this isn't like critical watching, but it's like, no, watch it. This is good. Like, what do you mean in season two, this would have been a bad episode? I'm confused by that. You you were saying like that the bar has been raised. Like, all these episodes have gotten better, right? Yeah. And it's like, I feel like these kind of like these middling episodes that we like, aside from like the revolutionary was kind of maybe the first bad episode we've seen, or Mm -hmm. I don't know. You guys thought it was worse than I did. I was kind of like, eh, not that great. But I feel like in past seasons, an episode kind of like this would be in like the bad pile. Like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have even turned out as well. Like this is the new version of a not great. Yeah. You mean if they had filmed this in that Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Not if it just took place. Yeah. If this was an episode that was filmed. If this was in season two, I would have said this is a pretty okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Upper middle of the pack. Yeah. I'm just saying like the bar is raised so that like what was a bad episode before, like this could have been a terrible episode in a different season when they weren't as experienced and like they didn't kind of hit their stride yet but like this is fine this yeah. is you know it has some good stuff like following the path of somebody who's just becoming immortal it was covered a little bit in god's chosen nutcase but i think this does it a little better this also does it better than like the joan jet episode which yeah. is terrible which is yeah. terrible i mean yeah. even though she was like lying with the whole thing right. but, like this covers some of that same ground uh, yeah better than those did so like the part where she gets her first buzz is like awesome yeah although why didn't she get that in the morgue Anyway, uh, she maybe says, she did. She, she no, she says out. that she did. Oh, she, she said like oh, she, had a she said it was so overwhelming. I didn't realize what was going on. Right. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. And the stuff with the dad was really good. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Sword fights are good. Axel is pretty good. Really creepy, but he did a good job. No, I, I liked him. Yeah. So Keith, how many underaged <laughs> love interests would you give this? I'm not. No. Let's say that again. How many uncomfortably young love interests will you give this? I'm going to give this three and a half uncomfortably young love interests. Three and a half. Okay. Like, it wasn't great, but it got everything done that it it was going to get done. So, could have been much better, I think. You're just giving it that many for the nip slips. Well, yeah, that's one of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Nips. Amen. How many uh, white pants and Hawaiian shirt ensembles would you give this episode? Uh, I'd say three. Three. All right. Yep. Three white pants and Hawaiian shirt ensembles. And finally, Kyle, how many ungrateful teenagers would you give this episode out of five? I think I'd give this two and a half ungrateful teenagers. All right. Like, there were parts of this that I really liked, but I had a really hard time just getting over all the characterizations, getting over the rapiness of all the characters, getting over just the completely unbelievable relationships that they try to set up for 
this young character. I found it all so distractingly problematic that the but the sword fights and some of like the flashback elements do a lot of work to really pull it up by its bootstraps but if that sword fight had been a dud this is like a bottom tier episode for me i also just realized i gave this episode three and a half stars and i give the last one three and a half as well i don't agree with that i should probably <laughs> drop mine down like i definitely like this less than i liked the last one we watched so i'll say two and a half Ooh. Yeah. Oh, you're dropping it all the way down to exactly what i said that you went whoa when i said whoa. it well i think it's because it shot like i was like oh, you're right like i i think again the bar is different. I, different I think in my head i'm thinking two and a half is a really bad episode but it's like you know what this doesn't hit the points that like the last episode did and that wasn't even that amazing so yeah yeah, this is bottom rung of season three not awful but worth watching because there are things worth seeing yeah but like you know yeah i wouldn't skip it probably but yeah yeah. like it's worth it for that those sword fights it's worth it for you know what it's worth it for what that nip slip oh that that all that none of us saw yeah (laughs) (laughs) everybody's libido is in meltdown well she just came out of that fridge too so you know it's Cold turkey's done. (laughs) Gross. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks everybody out there for listening to this week's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that good stuff. And if you like us, head on over to iTunes and leave us an iTunes review. We'd appreciate a five-star review. That helps us get in front of more avid Highlander fans and introduce this series to people that might not know about it, which is pretty cool, too. Uh, So thanks again for joining us. Join us next week for episode six, Courage. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. See ya. Bye. It's very clear that we're in Canada at this point because there is a truck that is just as pies on the side <laughs> and another sign that just says SIGS on the door. SIGS. SIGS. Thought that was good. Never mind. Well, how does that make us know we're in Canada? I just figure pie eating people. Yeah, that's pie like, eating that's, people. That's what I say about Cigarette, the Canadians. Cigarettes Canadians, smoking. a pie eating people. <laughs> Put yeah. that on a billboard. Whatever. Yeah.